The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. It's a nice Friday, and if you want to give me a call, as usual, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. That is an easy thing to do, and I uh, hope you want to give me a call and we can talk. So if you're a newbie to the show, we answer questions here, do theology, and I do it a little bit differently uh, than a lot of people because a lot of people are book-read. Uh, and that, I'm not complaining about that, but uh, I uh, basically do everything I can uh, from street, uh, you know, street evangelism and uh, learning my stuff on the street, so to speak. So uh, I like to uh, field test everything. Whew. All right, so there you go. Hey, and also, if you want to watch the show, I mean, I'm sitting here in my office. It's not that uh, impressive, but hey, some people like to do that, and you can participate in the chat which is really cool we got a lot of people in there and somebody's got a birthday who's a birthday in there I can't remember who is it happy Ernie is it Ernie's birthday happy birthday girl says Ernie says girl so okay whose <laughs> here we go whose birthday is it and uh, someone says hey Carmites uh, Melissa's birthday happy birthday I'd sing but we don't want to cause dogs to have mental problems for weeks at a time. Um, they start howling. They would never quit. Once, uh, this is for real, once my daughter, one of my daughters who sings really well, asked me to sing. And uh, we're driving along in the car, and I said, no, you don't. You don't want me to hear you sing. She goes, yeah, I do. I'm going to hear you. You say you're bad, but no one can be that bad. Come on. I'm going to hear you sing, Dad. And I said, yeah, you're, you don't know what you're asking for. I mean, it's like, you know, two cats in a blender having a fight while it's on. You know, I mean, that's what I sound like. And she goes, no, no one's that bad. And I said, you really want me to sing? She goes, yes. I said, okay, I'll give you uh, three seconds, okay? And she goes, okay. And I'll go, this is for real. And she says, I said, you ready? She goes, yeah. So I sang for three seconds. <laughs> she stared at me. <laughs> Just, she stared <laughs> for like five seconds. Then her face kind of went limp. And she said, was, was that for real? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yep. And she said, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> I never forgot that. It cracked me up because that's how bad I am. And uh, so <laughs> she, she, she never said, somebody can't be that bad. She didn't say that anymore. <laughs> she, she knew better. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm cracking up. I made myself laugh. Oh, see, I'm good company, <laughs> so I like. <laughs> that's why I like being alone. <laughs> okay, oh man, that's a stupid Friday. So anyway, hey, look. Uh, <laughs> so if you have some serious stuff you want to talk about, you can give me a call. And if that doesn't happen, then what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get to some hate mail and stuff like that because I got some good hate mail. We can get into some good stuff. Oh, I, I love hate mail. I just love it. <laughs> To me, it's like, yeah, hey, Bill. So I have a lot of fun with it. All right. Hey, let's get on the call here with uh, Rudolph. Hey, Rudolph. Welcome back, buddy. You're on the air, man. 
Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. My question is, <laughs> did Satan recognize Jesus as Jesus when he was tempting yeah. him in the desert? Yeah, he knew who he was. The demonic forces knew he's the son of God. Satan certainly knew. But because Satan is insane in his evil, he doesn't care. He's just going to do whatever he can to resist truth and to resist the Holy One. So he did. And he tried to tempt Jesus to fall. And, of course, Jesus did not. Okay? Okay. So, you know, it's, it's crazy because if you knew God can, he's got everything, how could you tempt somebody who has everything and you know them no, but, more foul? But that's not it. You're not thinking right. You got to think. You got to think. When when someone is look, you ever been uh, you know so mad that you do you do stuff that's bad, and you know it. Even while you're doing it, it's just you're so angry you lost control of yourself. That's what Satan is like in his intense evil, and so he's just that bad all the time. So it's not an issue of rationality; it's evil that he is, and this is why it's like that. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, have a good weekend. God bless you, and I'll be praying for your wife, man. Take care. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, good. Sir, Thank both. you. All right. Well, that's it. Hey, <laughs> that's the call for Friday so far. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 207 All right. Now we got nobody waiting, but we have four open lines. If you want to give me a call, please do. 877-207-2276. Now what I'm going to do is uh, get into uh, some hate mail. And if I had a drum roll, right now it would be good, you know, with applause and stuff like that. So let's see. Uh, I don't even know. I, I'm just reading this cold, okay? So I don't even know. I mean, you know, I'll, I, you know, I won't put foul language and stuff in there, but let's see what he says. If the God character you define existed, it would ensure that you could not continue to be its advocate. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, man. So someone who doesn't know God exists, says if he even did, then he wouldn't want you there. And so, I mean, that's interesting. Well, if, if how would you know? You know, anyway, your disgusting lies and behavior... And that makes me wonder, can you have non-disgusting lies and behavior? I think so. Your disgusting lives and behavior would indicate to me that all that of all God characters, the one you would benefit the most would be Satan, the father of lies. Congratulations on such a fine accomplishment of evil. Well, that was from a guy named Eric, and uh, that's it. That's pretty nice. That's a good insult. You know, I've seen better. I have. I've seen better, but that, that's not bad. That's not bad. All right, let's try this one. I've listened to your radio and read your articles about the LDS Church, and you could not be any more wrong about our doctrines. Oh, I've only been studying it since 1980, you know, and and uh, Sandra Tanner, I know her. She's the number one person in the world on Mormonism. And Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson, they're up there in the top five, if not the two and three right there. I know them, but no, I've known them for uh, 20, 30 years each. And uh, they're experts on it. And so how could I? I mean, these are the experts I know. They tell me stuff. Anyway, the nonsense that you teach is the same thing I've heard from the last 35 years. And it lets me appreciate my faith even more. 
wait a minute, you mean the idea of God coming from another planet? That makes you feel good? And, uh, you know, that uh, there's a goddess wife and secret handshakes and temples to become gods? Okay. For instance, you teach because we have an angel above our temples that we worship it. I didn't say that. I never see. That's another thing. They don't worship Moroni. Moroni. Mormons don't worship Moroni. I never said they did. See, the people so often they misrepresent what I say. They don't hear what I'm saying. What I do say is notice, folks, that you go into a temple and you bow down under the idol under the statue of Moroni. He's a top. It's not Jesus, not God. It's an angel. And you go into the temple and you're kneeling underneath the presence of that angel, which is the highest point of your temples. The highest point is where an angel is, not where God is. Okay. So uh, even you know this is not true. See, that's... I. <laughs> he didn't even get what I said right. This happens a lot. People misrepresent me. All right, uh, so do Christians worship a wooden cross? No, we don't. It's no different than Moroni because it is created by man's hands, so it is wrong to have the cross. You know, someone could make the same, they could make the same argument for me. They could say, well, you know, you go into a church that's a, maybe has a cross on the top on the steeple and that you're just going there. And uh, you, you sometimes you'll bow down and worship there. What's the difference? Well, I would say, well, the difference is that we don't believe in an angel that gave something to somebody who claimed to restore the gospel. We don't believe that. And the cross is simply the symbol of the place where Jesus was crucified. And notice the, that the Mormons, they avoid the cross. There's no crosses. I've never seen any crosses on their temples. I've, I've been in many, many temples, and I've uh, been in many uh, wards and uh, and, and uh, I mean, wards, anyway, and, and uh, chapels. And I've never seen a cross in any of them. So why is it? It's like Jehovah's Witnesses. They avoid the cross, too. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the cross is a place where the one God, Trinity, second person of the Trinity, became flesh and bore our sin in his body on the cross and died and rose from the dead three days later. That cross is a place of redemptive work. And it's avoided by cults. Because it's a demonic thing. The demonic realm knows. Avoid the cross. Avoid the cross. Yeah. Mormons avoid it. Jehovah's Witnesses avoid it. The Muslims deny it. Shame, shame, shame. All right, let's see. Uh, now, if Jesus had been the only person who died on a cross, that may be different, but you know he was not. It was a cruel instrument of death. Okay. What if he had died on a guillotine? Would you hang one on your neck and put one on top of your building so you're intelligent yet so foolishly uninformed? You know, I like to add a little bit of uh, spice to reading uh, what they're saying. You know, like that. You know, you got to say it the right way. You're so intelligent, so intelligently yet. No, wait, 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 I read it wrong. Try it again. Take three. You are so intelligent yet so foolishly uninformed. Thank you. That's good. That's a good insult, and I appreciate that. Let's get on the air with John from Raleigh, North Carolina. John, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm all right, man. Hanging in there. What do you got? Okay, good. Uh, you going to be free at 730? Uh, oh, this is one minute, John. One minute. <laughs> are we doing something at 730? <laughs> no, we haven't planned anything, but um, hopefully your your schedule is getting less and less. 
Well, I'm actually, I actually, I am. I'm trying to reduce stuff I'm doing now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break after the Bible study. I'm finishing Romans. I'm doing Wednesday nights. We're only gonna do once a month now for first Wednesday, and uh, I have so much to do. So uh, yeah, we could get together later tonight and talk. I haven't even looked at that Gen thing yet. I mean, okay. I'm still okay, getting, busy. What I'm busy. doing is I'm learning. I'm learning how to uh, balance my demon work and um, wife's health and taking her to doctor's appointments, and that, and my laziness. So i got to balance them all in there. Okay, so what do you got, man? Okay. Oh, uh, I'm uh, looking for some help. Uh, Ramsey, our part Maine Coon, hasn't eaten since last weekend, and I've already gone through, like, uh, almost $2,000 worth of vet bills. For an endoscopy, they want another twenty five hundred to forty five hundred, and that's not really going to happen. So right now, we're trying to entice them to eat, but you know, obviously, if he's not getting nourishment, that's not happening. All the all the scopes, his stats are perfect, and it's just these refusing to eat. Although about an hour ago, I got I got to put this stuff in his ears to entice him, and it's highly toxic. You're not supposed to get it on your hands or anything. Um, and he actually went over to, to sniff and look at the food, so he didn't accept it. So I went out and got six other foods to try and get him to eat, and I'm hoping that he's starting to turn around. Um, Tuna but, fish. You know, he's, Tuna fish. Yeah, I was a, a skipjack and salmon. Okay. Uh, they they like say to, to stay away from the tuna fish, but I think I'm going to get just a yeah, can of tuna fish to, yeah, to, uh, to, to still hit that. Hey, hold on now. we got a break, okay? So hold on, buddy. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. We have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with... Uh, with John. How you doing, buddy? Okay. Is that your commercial? It sounds like your voiceover for the wine radios. Yeah, they uh they asked me to do a voiceover a while back and they're now they're using it. I guess they like my voice. <laughs> I heard it the other day and I was like, Oh, that looks sounds like Matt. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I heard it, it was uh yeah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, cool. All, All right, right. So I'll, I'll run in and get that. So yep, uh, so hopefully he's He's one of eight. I can't say no to my wife, um, but he's also the youngster, and, and you know how Mancoons are. Actually, he went in for his ultrasound. They they shaved him down, and in 15 years, the uh, the woman's been doing ultrasounds. Nope, you gotta you gotta drug him. And then she looked at him just sitting on his back, sitting there. He's like, "All right, I'll try." First one in 15 years. Same thing with X-rays. Um, they they love him, and and you know he's he's. You know, sitting there purring, lots of attention, but, you know, it's just drinking water and eating are the two things. My son, I think, saw him eating a pine needle, and uh, that might be the, the whole cause of everything. But uh, well, could the good thing is today is he's he? coming out of his shell. Eight. Okay. He's eight? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, mancoons can have uh, problems. And uh, I know that. We have a Maine Coon, uh, a Russian purebred. It's another story how we got that. But we didn't buy him. And uh, so anyway, it, uh, hey, I wouldn't spend that much money on a cat. Sorry. 
wouldn't, wouldn't happen. No. Well, oh, no. that's <laughs> got to call the line at one point. Yeah. Yeah, but the, uh, the examinations are more expensive than people. Yes. I say, well, thank you very much, but no, thank you very much. Yeah. That's it. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the, that's the prayers for this weekend. Is hopefully he makes the turnaround today, tomorrow. Um, it'd be a, a great loss, but like you said, yeah, I, I, I got a stack load. If anybody wants a kitten, let well, not a kitten, but a cat. <laughs> yeah, I know how it is. All right, I know how it is. Yeah, yep. I've had to put one down last weekend, month. and I'll mm-hmm. yeah, I'll I'll uh, ping you uh, later tonight. Sounds good. All right, man. Okay. All right, well, God Take bless. Care. God bless, and uh, and and to your wife, and uh, thank you. Okay. All right, man. God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Now let's get to Cindy with an interesting question. Cindy, welcome. You're on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Hello, hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a question, but I'm just going to read a paragraph first because it says it better than, than I can. Okay. In recent years, a debate has emerged among conservative evangelicals over the eternal functional subordination or the eternal subordination of the sun. Mm-hmm. At the center of this dispute is the question of how we are to understand scriptural teaching regarding the nature of the Son's eternal relationship to the Father. Is the obedience of the Son to the Father limited merely to the Incarnation, or does it also extend to the Son's eternal relationship with the Father? Okay. That's it. So, there's a heresy called subordinationism. Subordinationism, that's not what you're talking about, but subordinationism says that Jesus is different in nature than the Father, and so the subordination that is exemplified is due to the nature difference. That's a heresy called subordinationism. All right, now. Yes, and that's not what I'm talking about, yeah. Right. I just want to make sure that people know that when we talk about subordination, and I'm not saying subordinationism. All right, so I'm going to do is go to a verse in the Bible, and I want people to take a look at it because I'm going to talk about this. We'll talk about the logic of, of some issues here. So I use this verse more and more. It's Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Just as he, the Father, chose us, the elect, in him, the Son, before the foundation of the world. Now let's talk about this. So in the intertrinitarian communion from forever ago, it was always eternally the case that the Father chose in the Son. Always the case that the Father had chosen the elect in the Son. There was never a time when God would hey, have an idea. You're talking to the you know the, the word, have an idea. Let's try this. Oh, okay. It did not happen like that. That's learning. God does not learn. So this is an eternal condition. Now, I may or may not get into logical versus temporal priority, but but anyway, we'll, we'll see what is needed. So here, what we have here is the case that the in Him in Christ is the fact of Christ being the federal head of the elect. The election can't occur without us being 
in Christ and in and federal headship doesn't work without election. They both work together. They're different. But God the Father's predestining and choosing can only be done in the guarantee of the crucifixion, of the atoning sacrifice. So from eternity past in this fact, the word was going to eternally be the one who would become flesh and eternally be in submission under the law to the Father in that sense. Furthermore, Jesus says in John 6:38, he says, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So when we look at this, we see this issue here. Uh, he says, not to do my own will, of him who sent me. Now I'm going to take a sidestep. Jesus has two natures. That's the hypostatic union. And each nature has a will. It's called dithelitism. But the two extant wills in the one person of Christ are manifested as a single will in the single person of Christ. I don't know how that works, but that's what it is. Now, there's a doctrine called the communicatio idiomatum, where the communication of the properties of both natures are ascribed to the single person. So the single person would say, I am thirsty, that's claiming the human attributes, I will be with you always, claiming the divine attributes. So we see the communication of the properties of both natures to the one person. In light of that, Jesus said, I came down from heaven. Well, the I can't be the physical, it can't be the human, because there is no pre-existence. So when he says, I came down from heaven, he's talking through and by the attribution of the divine qualities and, and properties to him as a person. So he can claim those attributes of, of pre-existence, which is why John 17, 5, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. So it, what's interesting is that Jesus is claiming to have that knowledge, that experience, that essence from forever ago. But it was always the case that he says, I came down from heaven not to do my own will. So that means then that the will of the Son in the pre-incarnate everything from forever ago was to submit to the will of the Father and become one of us and die for our sins. Now we could say not to do my own will is also attribution of the human nature because Jesus says, I don't want to do this in Luke 22. Never does not my will, but your will be done. So there's a mixture of the wills and it gets more complicated. I'm not going to get into that. So what we're seeing here is it looks like in the intertrinitarian communion, in the perichoritic relationship, I just had to throw that big word out, the mutual indwelling, that from forever ago, the Father was going to send the Son, and the Son would become one of us, and so that eternal decree is what is sometimes called eternal subordination, that the Son would always be the one who came to do the will of the Father from forever ago. Hold on, we got a break, and we'll get back to that in a bit. Please stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Hey, I just want to give you a reminder that we do stay on the air by your donations, your support. We don't get paid to do this. We have to uh, pay the bill to be able to provide this to you. It's not cheap. So if you like what you hear and you want to see it continue, would you please consider supporting us? Just go to carm.org forward slash donate, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate, and all the information you need 
We'll be right there. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate it. All right, let's get back on the air with Cindy. Okay, Cindy, you still there? Yes, I am. All right, did that help? Are you done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That that help enough? <laughs> Try to get through it before the break. Oh, I wrote. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, is your answer as your answer yes or no? <laughs> well, I had to explain what it is so and it why it is a doctrine. What What's that? It depends on what sense you're talking about, I suppose. Right, and not many people will explain this, and so I like to explain things on the air. Some people say, well, eternal subordination, some say yes, some say no, It's you know, the son's always in subjection of the father. Uh, is that true? Well, we don't know because blah, blah, blah. I went through and laid the foundation why, biblically so people can go, I get what's going on now. So that's what I was doing, giving you guys some extra. All right, free of charge. Thank, thank, okay. thank you. I'm going to go to the website. Is that on the website? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Charlie will tell me. So uh, there's that. Okay. Is that on there? He, Charlie says yes, it is. He's he's nodding. What's really nice about this program I'm on? I can see the guys in the uh, in the room, and he keeps his camera on. I can ask a question like I'm right now. Like, okay, Charlie, uh, take your hat off and on, you know. And then so he'll do that. You know, he's laughing, and uh, so I can see okay. him. I can ask a question. He'll give me an answer as he types and stuff. So. Uh, he says, yes, it's there. It's called eternal subordination. Is that what it is, Charlie? And you can type it in the private there. And, and uh, But just go look. You'll find it. I've written on it before. I know I have. Oh, thanks. All right. All thanks right. very much. You're welcome very much. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless. Okay. All right. Now let's get to Jamal from, uh, well, North Carolina. Jamal, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Mr. Gumpy, doing well today, sir? Doing okay. I'm hanging in there, tired, busy, so much to do, a little bit whiny, but I'm okay. How's that? Okay, all right. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a lot of us right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, so what do you ask about uh, evidence of Jesus? Um, of course, I'm a, I'm a believer but uh, I was kind of battling somebody, going back and forth. I mentioned the empty tomb. I mentioned him going in front of Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate, and a few other things. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to pull out my ace in the hole, Matt Slick, and uh, see what uh, you said about that. Well, when people say I want the evidence for Jesus, I say, okay, get a Bible and start reading. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right. And they'll say, well, that's not evidence. I said, it isn't. Well, tell me what evidence is. Define it for me, please. And, well, they, what they want is they want something other than the Bible. And I'll say, why should yeah. we agree to that? Why should we agree to say, we're going to exclude the eyewitness accounts of Christ, and you say, aside from all the eyewitness accounts, tell me something else. Otherwise, I won't believe he exists. It's kind of a lame argument. Now, if someone were to say, okay, I see what you say about the Bible. Is there anything outside the Bible for that? And so, yes, there is. And there are accounts of other historians around that time writing about Jesus, but they never really saw him or encountered him. So they're, they're repeating what people had said. So that's secondary. It's called a hearsay. Well, people say, well, I reject that. I say, okay, you can reject it. That's, you know, just like you reject the Bible. I can't help you then. I mean, that's, there's the eyewitness accounts written in the Bible, and that's what you need to go to. Okay. All right. Yeah, 
Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what I heard about uh, uh, accounts with George Washington. I heard there's more historical evidence to prove Jesus than it is for for George Washington. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know if that's that, accurate. That well, I think it's it, it is pretty accurate for uh, Alexander the Great and stuff like that. Okay. And Plato, I think. Yes, there's more more corroborating evidence for the person of Christ than like Alexander the Great. So, uh, you know, so, and I say to people, do you believe that Alexander the Great lived? Yes. Well, there's more evidence for the, uh, in, the in the biblical documents than there is for him. So why do you believe uh, Alexander, but you don't believe in Jesus? Why the inconsistency? And it comes down to this, because Jesus claimed to be God and did miracles, rose from the dead. That can't happen, so therefore it did not happen, therefore it's not trustworthy. At that point, I say, well, how do you know it can't happen? Do you have all knowledge of all places and all situations and all things that you can say universally this doesn't happen? Well, no, but it just hasn't happened. That I, I, I have to be convinced. Okay, what would convince you? I have to see it. Oh, so you want to see an historical event? Do you believe that George Washington lived? You, you don't see him. They're, they're just so inconsistent, you know, all over the place. Okay. Right. I, I guess at that point you got to get into Bill and Ted's elevator and go back in time and see it for yourself. That is... Bill and Ted, that's right. That was that was such a great movie. I love that movie. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's right. It was a phone booth. That's right. And they had a lot of fun in that. And uh, I like it they, when they met Socrates. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. Socrates. Also. That was so good. All right, Socrates. Uh, recap real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, ask them what evidence that they would want, and then hit them with that. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, I think that's a good enough approach right there. All right, appreciate it, Slick. That's right. All right, man. Sounds good, buddy. God bless, Jamal. Okay. God bless. Hey, folks, wide open lines. If you want to give me a call, nobody waiting, 877-207-2276. I think what I'm going to do now is get back to some emails and some hate mails because they are, in my opinion, wonderful. Man. Uh, so here's another one, okay? And uh, this is from a few years ago, but uh, let's check it out. Pastor Arnold Murray is the best I've heard. I've learned a lot from him. There is no rapture. You won't find it in the Bible. Yes, you will. <laughs> it always gets me. <laughs> the rapture is not in the Bible. And I'll say, well, well, yes, it is. And then I'll take him here. I'll go to First Thessalonians, right? 4.16 For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture. That's what we define as the rapture. That is it by definition. And uh, so, you know, people will say, well, that's not it. It's not it. Anyway, it's right there. And uh, one thing I've noticed about the Arnold Murray, the Murrayites, is that they're usually quite obstreperous. They're obnoxious, irritating, accusatory, and uh, they don't listen. And they, they refuse to be taught by anybody other than their leader. And it's a certain kind of mental uh, failure that a lot of people have when they just listen to him. I don't care what you say. He's right. If you've ever watched Arnold Murray, you can see how bad he is. In fact... There was an instance, and I have it on recording, I don't know if I still have it on the site, where uh, there was uh, somebody came to his study, this is, I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever it was, and uh, 
Gain was stood. He stood up, and all you hear is the audio. And uh, you know, he says, "You guy, you're a heretic. You're this. You're that." And Arnold Murray says, "Get rid of that guy. Get rid of that boy. Take this gun to that boy." He actually said that, and uh, that was a death threat. And so he said that. Um, but it's really, you know, this is the kind of guy he was, really uppity, arrogant, and uh, the people who follow him become like that. I can tell you many, many, many times I've gotten emails from people, and they don't say what group they're listening to, and I'll just write back and go, you follow Arnold Murray, don't you? And they'll say, that's right, because you're wrong, and you're the, you can just tell, because they're so irritating. You know, the Mormons don't agree with me, but they're polite. You know, I mean, there's a jerk here, every, every, you know, like everybody, you know, any group. But for the most part, they're polite. Same with Jehovah's Witnesses. And the Muslims, mostly they're polite. But the consistently, out of the Murrayites, most of them are obstreperous. Now, what does that mean? It means boisterously recalcitrant. Okay. So it says, he reads chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Well, so do I. I do the same thing. And I, and I had a challenge out to him before he passed away, I had a challenge out to fly out and, and debate him on his TV show. And uh, nothing. And I, I, the debates still stand. I'll go out to those guys. I'll do it on these issues. But they'll, they don't do that. They don't do debates because they'll get exposed. So they don't do that. Anyway, he goes on. If you were a real Christian, you'd know not to judge. God is a judge. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.15, the spiritual man appraises all things. We can make spiritual judgments. So if someone is a murderer, we can judge that as sinful. So to say there's no judgment is really ridiculous. And everybody judges what fruit to eat, what what um, church to go to, uh, what bills to pay. You make all kinds of judgments. And you make judgments about people's sin, and you condemn their sin. And you say, that is wrong. That theft was wrong. Don't make judgments. Of course you do that. You don't even know what you're talking about. So, yeah, God's a judge, but we don't judge people's salvation unless they obviously deny essentials in the Christian faith. There's the music, and we'll be right back for the last segment of the week of this hour, right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show, the last segment of the hour. Let's get back on, or let's get with Chase from Michigan. Hey, Chase, welcome. You're on the air, man. Yeah, you um, you were just talking about First Thessalonians and, and the rapture. Okay. And what nobody seems to talk about, and I'm not sure because I don't have my Bible on me right now, is Second Thessalonians. Okay, what about it? I talk about Second um, Thessalonians pretty regularly, actually. But but what about it? Uh, it's it's along the lines of you know let let no man deceive you. Um, right till the coming of the Antichrist, you, right the day of the Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure about the falling away, right? Yeah, the apostasy. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So what about it? So uh, doesn't that in other words, doesn't that kind of combat that that we're not going to be here? I know there were, oh, we're all gonna, these preachers preaching. We're going to be here. We're going to be here. We're going through it. Oh, yeah. That's my position. We're going to see it, and it's going to get bad. Christians are going to be here. We're not getting raptured out before it. Okay? But, okay, that's but that's what people don't talk about. Before what? And before well, when? Because... Uh, 
Because if, we, if we're going to get raptured out of here before the, you know, as, as it's the fan, um, then, you know, then, then revelation wouldn't really be necessary for us to know. Of course it is because God think, gave it to us to know, and there's stuff no, to agree. know in no, it. No, I, no, that's what I'm saying. I agree 100. percent But it seems like a lot of the church preaches that we're going to be we're going to be taken away, and we're going to be raptured yeah. out of here, and we're not going to have to deal with any of of the Antichrist I, and, and right. everything that's going on. A lot of them say that. So I don't see any evidence for that in Scripture. Okay. I'm, hey, all right. And, Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm. By all means, take the floor. You know, you don't, you understand what I'm getting at. Yes, a lot of people just preach pre-trib rapture because it's what's been taught for decades in churches all over America. It fits really nicely because it's comforting. Because we as Americans so don't, don't have to go through all the. You don't. You don't agree with pre-trib then? No, pre-trib rapture. I do not agree with. I argue against it. Okay. Okay. Nothing in Scripture, in my opinion, from what I see, nothing in the Scripture supports it. But uh, if anything, you can go to Matthew 13. Well, let me do it this way. Matthew 24 and Luke 17, it says, Two men are in the field, one is taken, one is left. And most everybody says that's a rapture. It has nothing to do with the rapture. It has nothing just, to do with the rapture. You, right. You're it's absolutely not, right. Right. It's the wicked who are taken. All you got to do is read the context. And, and they don't even Correct. read the context. And the one, and they even ask, where are they taken? And Jesus says in, 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 at the end of Luke 17, where the body is, the vultures gather. So, but if you go to Matthew 13, which is really interesting, in Matthew 13, the parable of the wheat and the tares, Jesus says that uh, at the end of the age, that's Matthew 13, 40. In Matthew 13, 30, he says, uh, you know, that wheat and the tares are in the field, which ones you take. He says... He says, first, gather the tares. The first ones taken or gathered are the wicked. And he says, right. and then gather the wheat into the barns. That's what Jesus says in Matthew thirteen thirty. This blows people away when I show them this. And I say, why is it? You know, it's right, it says. And then he says in, in verse 40, he says uh, that the, at the end of the age, on that day and stuff, that the Son of Man will come and send his angels and they'll take out of his kingdom the stumbling blocks. Now, some people say, well, that's the millennial kingdom. Well, is it? Because the first, there's only one return of Christ. Only one. Not two. Not two and a half. Just one. The day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord's when the rapture occurs. And the day of the Lord's when the new heavens and new earth are made. And I can show that from Scripture. So when I show this to people, it really messes them up. It only takes five minutes. And then I ask them, why is it I can do this so quickly? And all these preachers are, are saying all this stuff, but they're apparently not just seeing what it actually says in context. What's the problem with that? They're not teaching, in that sense, biblical theology, but they're teaching their denominational theology. And that's a problem. Okay? okay. All right? Yeah, yeah. I wish I had my Bible because I'd like there, there. You know, my my hamster wheel spinning, and I'd like to dig into it with you a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of unprepared. That's but, all right. Uh, Just look yeah, at no, everybody. Nobody touches Second Thessalonians. It seems like. No, I I you know? use Second Thessalonians regularly when I'm talking to uh, Catholics. Okay, about sacred tradition and things like that, and I talk about it here that things are going to get bad and how the. Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox Church are already apostate, but the Protestants shouldn't look down their noses at them because it says the apostasy is going to come 
and that means the Protestant denominations, etc., are going to go apostate too. And they are. They're going woke, supporting homosexuality, have women pastors and elders. They're doing all kinds of things yeah. that are unbiblical. Slowly oh, and inch by terrible. inch, they're moving into apostasy. Okay? Yes, sir. All right, man. All right. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be calling. I'll call back. I'll right. call back good. When, I, when I got my Bible in my hand. All right. All right. Sounds good, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yep. All right. Well, that was Chase from Michigan, and we have wide open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. All right. Now, so during the break, I glanced at some more hate mail. The next one in line, whoa, I love this one. Check this out. Hi. Hello, Matt Slick. As a prophet called upon by the Most Holy Father in these last days, I am here to tell you. Now, when someone starts off something like that, I'm loving it because now they claim to be a prophet from God. And they're saying, I'm a prophet of God, and I'm here to tell you. Let me explain everything because I'm here to tell you what this You know, I'm like, ooh, good, a prophet from God. Uh, I'm here to tell you that, that the words coming out of your mouth are not the Holy Spirit, but by an egotistical boaster, braggart, lover of self, reviler, and bully. How many insults? How many words? Is this? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's six in there. And he forgot a comma. He got a space problem in there. Where is the love that is so special through the Father's Holy Spirit? Hmm. Uh, you are n- only showing people what you know and how smart you are, which is not of the Father, His Spirit, His Son. You bring about chaos and cause confusion and try to make the born-again Christian doubt his faith and his salvation. Now, here's a, you know, I'm going to, oh, man, I love this stuff. You try and do this. Okay, when someone says, this is what you're trying to do. Well, wait a minute. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. How do you know what I'm trying to do? And people don't realize how bad they are. You know, I know what you're thinking, and I know the intentions of your heart, and I'm going to tell you because I'm a prophet of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it just so much heresy, so little time. I would say, look, you check what I say against Scripture. That's what I always tell people. You don't trust a guy in the radio named Slick. And incidentally, folks, that's my, that's my real last name. Slick is my real last name. Reverend Slick. So you don't trust a guy named Slick. You check it out for yourself. All right? And I always say, here's the verses. Go check it out. Okay? All right. He goes on. This is of the evil one, and all the characteristics that you have showed me, mentioned earlier in letter, is destined to be cast in the lake of fire. Wow. Woo. Okay. He doesn't give me any examples. He just says it. You're egotistical. Well, I am. You're a boaster. That's for sure. A braggart. Yeah. Lover of self. That's true. Reviler. Yeah, I guess it's so. And a bully. I've been a bully a couple, three times on the radio in the past year, maybe. Okay? So I can't say no to all of those because I'm a sinner. If someone said, and you're prideful. Yeah, that's true. You're self-centered. Yeah, that's right. I got these things in me. But I submit them to Christ, and I try not to let them rule me. You know, so it's kind of unfair when someone says something like that because it's like, well, yeah, all those are true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what am I going to say? And like Charlie, I know I've known Charlie since nineteen eighty. I could say to him, Charlie, you're a prideful buffoon. Let's see if he nods his head. See, he's nodding his head. You can't see. <laughs> see, 
if you were to say, Matt, you're, you're prideful before, they go, yep. That's just how it is. We know what we are. We're sinners. I'm not saying it's okay. Okay, but anyway. I am baptized by the Lord through the Father's Holy Spirit. Well, I asked, oh wait, I, I missed a sentence. You need to get on the ground and beg the Father for his forgiveness of such waywardness you exhibit. Well, I do. Wow. Uh, I asked the Father to please help me say the right words to you so you will listen not to me, but what the Spirit is trying to say to you. Okay, that's a good prayer. I pray that you are with ears and have eyes to see. I do have ears and eyes. But God has to be the one who opens them up. You see, that's it. Uh, he says, uh, I truly feel you have not the Spirit, nor have you been born again. Whoa. Oh, wow. Now the person is judging my salvation. Uh, you are using a mortal mind, taking of spiritual things. The mortal mind, that sounds like a mind scientist. That sounds like a mind science thing. The mortal mind. Ooh, I have a spiritual mind. You know, it's Christian science stuff. Uh, let's see. You cannot discern spiritual things if must be word thoughts you cannot discern spiritual thoughts if you are not of the father's spirit hmm. pray for the father to forgive you and get you back on your feet again doing what he is wanting you to do for him not Matt slick peace be unto you forever and always larry <laughs> yeah i love that I've had so many, I've had a lot of emails over the years. You are so full of, you're about a son of a, you're maybe love so-and-so. I just love, love those endings, you know. They're just vitriolic, vituperative. That's another big word I like, vituperative, uh, vituperation. And uh, they're, a, <laughs> they're just, they're mean. <laughs> vociferous that means wordy wordy insults okay vituperative all right so well you vituperative twit try and say that one that's not easy to do but i'm an expert so i can do it okay don't try this at home folks you might hurt yourself all right let me try another one we have no callers i love hate mail it really amazes me matt that you try to denounce the catholic church i don't try i do it uh, that they are not Christians. No, I don't say that. I say official Roman Catholic theology is not Christian. I don't say all Catholics aren't Christians. I say if you follow official Roman Catholic theology, uh, you're not, you can't be saved. And he goes on, well, look in the mirror, Matt. You know, I do that regularly, but it, I'm trying to do it less because I'm not liking what I'm seeing. You know, I'm almost 67, and I, you know, I went in the in the bathroom one time, you know, and turned the, the light on when I wasn't really expecting it, and I, I shocked myself. <laughs> I said, it happens, you know. Anyway, just look in the mirror. Why would I want to do that? My wife has enough trouble looking at me. I don't want to. Anyway, chances are you will see Satan. Whoa. Wow. Yes, you, Matt. Oh, this is a good one. This is good. Victor and I tried debating you in pal talk. It's an old thing. To no avail. You deny that baptism us needed for salvation. That's right. Baptism is not needed for salvation. That's right. And other stupid comments you make. Matt, you and your multi-million dollar corporation is just that. I did, I did not know we're a multi-million dollar corporation. All I know is we're struggling every week to make ends meet to pay the missionaries. We're struggling, and we really are. So we're multi-million dollar. Wow. Woo. Oh, 
what can they go on? This is oh, we're almost out of time. Oh man, this goes. Oh, we are out of time. Oh man, maybe I'll come back to that to this one on next week. Uh, oh, that's right. Maybe next week I'll be driving at this time. I don't know. Going down to Salt Lake City, which is another thing, and I'll be preaching down there. Turns out uh, at City on a Hill Church. I forgot to mention it in a couple of weeks. Anyway, hey folks, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Monday. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.